0: Welcome to CryoTalk, a bite-sized bio podcast sponsored by Thermo Fisher Scientific, featuring conversations between your host Ava Amson and experts in the field of cryo-electron microscopy. Today on CryoTalk, we're joined by Ariane Brigo, professor of ultrastructural biology at Leiden University and co-director of the Netherlands Center for Electron Nanoscopy. She talks about her research on bacteria in the Hawaiian bobtail squid. This animal has a, a light organ inside. And in this light organ,
1: they take up just one species of bacteria that helps them um,
0: glow in the dark. Challenges along her career path.
1: And it was really tough. It was this this year with, with the recession. So not many universities wanted to invest a lot of money and, and cryo-EM is not the, the cheapest of methods. So it was really hard. And how she spends her spare time. I started at, going horseback riding again. So I did a lot of that as as a, as a kid and you know during COVID I decided I'm going to go back to that.
0: All in this episode of CryoTalk. Hi and welcome to CryoTalk. I'm Ava Amsen and I'm here today with Ariane Briegel. Ariane is professor of ultrastructural biology at Leiden University and co-director of the Netherlands Center for Electron her research group uses cryo-electron tomography to study how microbes respond to their environment. So Ariana, how are you today? I'm great. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um to start, could you maybe tell us a little bit about your career so far? How do you end up in Leiden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um my my career started uh studying
1: biology in at the LMU in Munich. And there um, I actually had my main uh, topic was zoology. Actually, I always wanted to be a marine biologist. <laughs> um, and starting uh, studying in Munich, it's not the ideal place if you want to do marine biology because you you know you can't be further away from the ocean than actually in Munich. Um, but the zoologists uh, had a passion for marine biology, uh, so they organized excursions to Egypt and. Uh, uh, other countries to go diving. So it's like that was a big draw. So I, I started uh, um, my uh, master's uh, there. Uh, and the focus of this group was studying the ultrastructure of crustacean and insect eyes. So they did uh, electron microscopy. Um, so I started working with this microscope and I became fascinated with with this technique. It was just it was just amazing that every time I put something in a microscope, like I saw something that no one else has seen before. Uh, so once I uh, finished my master's, I decided this is what I want to do with my career. And not too far from the LMU, we had the Max Planck Institute uh, for biochemistry, where Wolfgang Baumeister, a pioneer of, of cryo uh, electron tomography, um, uh, has his group, so I I joined there as as a PhD student, and that's where,
0: you know, what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> so is that where you started looking at um, bacteria and and b- bacteria behavior? I guess <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I when I when I joined uh, the Baumeister group,
1: I think I was one of the first biologists uh, PhD students that started using uh, tomography to see what we can actually do with with this technique uh, uh, and uh, and microbes, um, which is interesting because I'm not, uh, by training, a microbiologist. uh, But um, yeah, during, I think, the last 20 years, I hope I I became one. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so I started working on that topic there. And then when I finished my PhD, I moved to Grant Jensen's lab at Caltech, um, who really focused on microbes and and uh,
0: their ultra structure Ooh. so um why cryo et what what makes it so good for looking at bacteria you know like if you want to look at bacteria and especially their in their entirety
1: you really need the three-dimensional structure of them mm-hmm. and you you know you you can't do it by any other technique, I think, in that in that sense. So, you know, tomography allows you to really look at bacteria in three dimension and, and macromolecular resolution. So you really can zoom in and see each individual cell uh, and see what what they have inside
0: mm. and And then you're looking at um interactions between the microbes and their environments. So how, how do you do that?
1: Yeah. so, my my One of my key research uh, focus in, in the past 20 years was uh, studying how microbes sense their environment, like these chemoreceptor arrays that they have. So these are um, basically the bacterial nose. Um, these are large sensor arrays with thousands of receptors that cluster together and form this amazing uh, nanomachine that the cells use to, to sense attractants or, or toxins in the environment. Um, since starting my my group here in Leiden, I've expanded somewhat more uh, beyond just the chemotaxis, but also how bacteria interact um, with their environment on a structural level.
0: And uh, you're also a co-director of the um the Netherlands Center for Electron Nanoscopy. Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, so um that's actually the reason why i I'm here in Leiden. Um so we have this uh, cryoEM center here. Um, so it's the only uh, place in the Netherlands that has uh, Titan CryoS instruments, so these um, uh, high-resolution microscopes that we need for tomography, but also for single particle. Uh, and so we have the center here. So actually, um, all our Dutch uh, cryo-EM community, uh, when they want to collect on, on the
0: Titans, they they come to our center. Okay, so also from, from other institutes in the country. Yes. Yes. And and they, I guess they have to sign up for time on the instruments or...
1: Yeah, so the way it works here in the Netherlands, so we... Um, many of the universities have their own uh, entry-level or mid-level microscopes, like 100 or 200 uh, kV instruments, mm-hmm. where they can do their screening and also some data collection. Um, but then for, for you know, the, the 300 kV instruments, they all, you know, come with their samples here. Um, And we are uh, supported by a Dutch um, research council grant uh, that subsidizes uh, Dutch users to come to our center. So, and we try to make it very easy uh, for Dutch users really, to, to come here and access uh, the the center and and collect their data.
0: That's great. And I I guess it's a small country, so it makes sense to have like one central facility for everyone. So what kind of research do you see? Well, what kind of research are people bringing to the facility? What, what do they use it for? Oh, It's it's very diverse. I mean, we have, of course, like I think the, the biggest
1: user group um, is still uh, people um, coming for single particle uh, work, so studying uh, protein structures at high resolution. But I think our center is quite unique that also our tomography community is quite large. So I think um, I'm not quite sure about 40, 50% is tomography. Um, uh, another advantage maybe of our center is also, we have a biosafety level two uh, microscope. So we can also image uh, pathogens, which is not uh, the case everywhere. So yeah, uh,
0: that would be useful. <laughs> so so, what do you think would be um, next for cryo-EM in general? Like what, where do you see the field going? Like, What advances or applications do you think? Think we can see more of in the next few years?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, this is not my specialty, <laughs> but uh, I think for for single particle, I think this this extreme high throughput that that we we see in the in the recent years. I mean, it, that will allow you know like much larger projects like drug screenings, for example. So I think that will be quite exciting. And for tomography, I think you know going inside cells is you know already a big thing but like i i see the next step like i really hope that this this large volume uh um acquisition i think that is where i'm i'm most excited about not only seeing like you know maybe some some cells grown on a grid but like really figuring out how we can make this technique available to study you know for example pathogen interactions with a within a tissue like really go into you know the you know the real
0: biology of of uh, where things happen right yeah so are you already thinking up like possible future research ideas <laughs> yeah we actually um <laughs> we we're actually supported by a, a moore grant
1: to do just that so we um so one of the things we we're studying is the interaction of um, a symbiosis system. So we started working with a uh, Hawaiian bobtail squid. Uh, so that might sound like a very exotic uh, animal to yeah. work with. But so the, the interesting thing about this, so this, this animal has a, a light organ inside. And in this light organ, they take up just one species of bacteria that helps them um, glow in the dark, basically. And know hides it from predators from below so it's it's only a tiny tiny little little squid it's only like this big um but it's it's a it's a single bacteria single host interaction so it makes this this you know this microbiome interaction that so much simpler it's just one bacterium, one host okay um so we have this grant funded to try and see if we can study Um, these interactions with with cryo-EM. So we're trying to to figure this out, how to make this
0: possible. (laughs) That would be so interesting, like this symbiotic reaction, collaboration between a bacteria and a squid, (laughs) a little squid. (laughs) And what do you do when you're not working in your lab or in the facilities?
1: (laughs) So I I like uh, gardening. Uh, I like hiking. Mm-hmm. and um, I started uh, going horseback riding again, so I did a lot of that as as a, as a kid, and, you know, during COVID, I decided I'm going to go back to that, so oh,
0: that's <laughs> I like to go horseback riding. Yeah, so is, is it, um, are there any stables close to you? Is it easy to get to horses? <laughs> um, yeah, there's There is lots of stables. I actually go uh,
1: a little ways out of Leiden uh, because uh, my friend who also started horseback riding, we, we go to, to you know, her town to to go riding.
0: Um, yeah, that's a, it. It's one of those outdoor activities yeah. that everyone during COVID was starting to get more outdoors. It's been good to get outdoor things back on. <laughs> exactly. Do, do you enjoy traveling? I know that's another kind of thing that we couldn't really do the last few years, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, I I do enjoy traveling a lot. So I do do like to visit other places and you know try other food and and talk to a lot of different people so I do enjoy it.
0: Do you have any favorite places? <laughs> um No, I well I, I like a lot of
1: places. Uh no, recently um before covid I I visited Japan. Uh, on a a, a tour you know I gave a seminar tour at different institutes uh, and that was just that was fascinating Mm. I I really enjoyed that yeah I also like to go back to to California and and get some sunshine there (laughs) it's a yeah
0: how how long were you there you did a postdoc there yes so I stayed nearly 11 years wow yeah yeah that's a nice place to visit too (laughs) and do you like reading I, I do like reading. I haven't done that
1: much uh, recently. You know, when I come home from work, I'm usually too tired to, to read anything
0: else. But <laughs> on my vacation, I love I love reading. Is there anything you read recently that you'd recommend?
1: What did I read recently? Yes,
0: actually, I read
1: a really nice book. Um, Remarkably Bright Creatures. Sounds interesting. <laughs> it's 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 a fascinating book, and it, it you know it's about an octopus <laughs> it's
0: it's I, I recommend it. It's really, really interesting and, and so nice. it it all comes back to marine biology somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and um were there any any films or TV shows that you enjoy these past few years? Ah uh,
1: yes, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed Wednesday a lot,. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very entertaining. I also yeah, I like a lot of um yeah, also, you know, um The Lord of the Rings, for example, I enjoyed mm.
0: a lot. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Wednesday because you're not the first one to bring it up on this podcast. So, <laughs> oh, I cracked me up. I I really <laughs> it. Can't wait for the next season. <laughs> and and you mentioned that you like gardening. Do you also like cooking? <laughs> I I
1: do like cooking if I have time, but I have to admit I don't do much cooking because I have a a husband who is a passionate cook. (laughs) So I usually sit there, drink my wine, and and let him cook. Yeah, (laughs) that's ideal. That sounds
0: like a good deal. (laughs) If he enjoys it more, why not? (laughs) Exactly. And uh, what about music? Do you have any favorite music to listen to? Oh. I'm 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 quite
1: uh, I'm quite open so I'm not uh, very specific about the music I hear I often have the radio on and um, maybe the classics like Bruce Mm. Springsteen or
0: or something like that (laughs) yeah can't go wrong with the classics (laughs) and uh, I mean we talked about you wanting to originally be a marine biologist but what if you were not a scientist at all what would be your your alternate path in life <laughs> ah, that's
1: that's a good question so I think um before I decided to study biology I was tempted to also maybe study art
0: mm.
1: uh, I used to really like all kinds of art drawing you know clay modeling everything uh, but I decided science is it's still my plan a
0: <laughs> and it's still kind of creative you get to
1: come up exactly. with new ideas yeah <laughs> i'm working with images so I, I, that hasn't changed
0: yeah <laughs> and um do you have any advice for some of the early career researchers that are listening so what what would you um what would you recommend they do in their careers <laughs> yeah so i think maybe you know the the
1: one thing that has helped me the most is like just go with my gut
0: Mm-hmm.
1: because when i was finishing for example my masters uh, I, I talked to um a ta in a course i had to take and and he was asking so what what do you want to do after after you finish and i said oh i want to you know go into electron microscopy and then he was like so what do you want to do except driving a cab like no one's doing that and i was like no but this is really what i want to do um so luckily he wasn't right <laughs> Um, so I think sometimes you just have to follow your gut and not what everybody tells you, like this is this is important, this is hot. Like just,
0: you know, whatever you you enjoy, just just trust your gut. And and in your own career, has there been any any surprising turns or events along the way? Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> you you never
1: know. Like now I'm I have a lab growing squid. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never thought I would do something like that. Um, yeah, also like, uh, yeah, there's many, many surprises all along the way. And it's, I think, never really straightforward. I, at some point when I was doing my postdoc at Caltech, um, you know, I I started going on the job market and, and it was really tough. It was this this year with, with the recession. So not many universities wanted to invest a lot of money and, and cryo-EM is not the, the cheapest of methods so it was really hard so I decided okay I'm gonna you know ch- change my my focus I'm not gonna become a PI um, I, I just want to become a staff scientist and that i have been done for five years until I decided oh maybe I <laughs> I do want to become a PI after all so you know it was not not a straight line
0: yeah that- I mean, that's always good to hear these stories that they aren't exactly straightforward and you can't really plan ahead. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share about your research or about uh, um, cryo-ET experiences that you think people might want to hear about? Uh, I'm not sure, I, except maybe <laughs> that it's really, I think, yeah, still
1: still starting. I think the, the excitement mm. it's it's just building. so i'm I'm just very excited to see where it's going. It's mm. so it's developing so fast. And if you see what all the different you know groups are doing, it's just it's amazing. it's It's going to be a wild ride in in the next few years, I think. yeah also in in terms of like uh, image analysis and and, you know, also, you know, Artificial intelligence is a is a you know like a, a a key word that many people like to use, but like this this automated uh, data analysis and, and segmentation and all of this is just I think coming together and like will mm. open up a, a whole new new era yeah. of, of biology. So yeah, definitely. I keep seeing it everywhere now. It's <laughs> it's amazing. I think mm-hmm. you know it will also like open up to other disciplines. Like for example, cell biologists who are not, you know, they're not structural biologists, but you know, once, you know, these techniques are are really more more routine, you know, they will be very useful for other disciplines as well. So
0: it will be exciting, I think. Yeah, well, lots of exciting things to come. So um, thank you very much, Ariana. I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. And thanks everyone for listening or watching CryoTalk. Thank you. Thank you for listening to CryoTalk, a bite-sized bio podcast sponsored by Thermo Fisher Scientific. To view all audio and video recordings from this series, please visit bitesizebio.com forward slash CryoTalk.